Hello, and welcome to the show where we cast our favourite books into film. I'm Flo. I'm Rachel. And I'm Roxanne. And this is Typecast, brought to you by Rare Birds Book Club. This week, we're casting Cersei. Woohoo. I'm so happy about I'm this. I'm really excited to talk about this. I think, you know what, just at the top of the episode, before we kind of dive in, I just want to apologise to all our listeners now for any mispronunciations <laughs> of, of any names They're going to be locations. coming at you thick and fast. Yeah. <laughs> we were discussing this pre-recording and then we decided, you know what, we're just going to go for yeah, it. We just... We, none of us say any of the names the same way. <laughs> so yes. any Greek scholars, please just gird your loins. Yep. So uh, Circe, basically, this is kind of a retelling of Homer's poem, The Odyssey, but it's focused around Circe, the witch, the infamous witch of Aiea. Mm-hmm. In The Odyssey, she's kind of this sorceress. She turns men into pigs, specifically like Odysseus's ship of like sailors, turns them all into pigs. Um, and then traps them on her island for a year. But in the novel, basically Madeline Miller turns kind of the whole story on its head and gives Cersei like a really kind of comprehensive backstory and sort of paints this portrait of a really complex woman. Honestly, it was one of my top books of last year. So good. It's also a kind of window on this, all of these different Greek myths and all of these characters that she kind of, we meet so many of them you know, over these centuries, really, you know, and it's a very kind of comprehensive look at not just Circe and, and her life, but the life of all of these other figures that we're familiar with. Yeah, it's it's very sweeping. Like if you studied any kind of Greek myths or tragedies or any of the gods in any portion of your school at any time, you'll recognize some of the names. Yeah, well, Madeline Miller also weaves, weaves Circe into all these beloved greek myths as well and so part of the excitement of reading it is coming across these well-trod stories from Circe's perspective when we meet her she's a child basically and so she's the daughter of uh, she's a naiad and yeah i think a naiad naiad. it's like an it's like a water nymph a water nymph yeah. yeah um and the god helios and then kind of as she gets older she angers the gods and she's banished to the island of Aea to sort of see out the rest of eternity. Although she lives in a pretty nice house. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like if your rich dad banishes you and he's like, right. <laughs> yeah. The punishment is banishing to have her to a place to where cottage. you couldn't pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. You've still got your iPhone. Yeah. Like, you know. How long is she going for? Like over a thousand years in this story? She doesn't really talk in terms of how many years of but actually that's one of the things I think Miller does best in this story is the way she stretches and compresses time mm. over the story because there's there's sections especially at the beginning where you're aware that millennia are passing but it's only maybe two chapters of the book and then a big portion of the book is taking place within about 10-15 years I would say the bulk of the book is probably taking place over about 40 years the mo- well the most substantial sort of chapter of her life in the book is when she crosses paths with Odysseus because up until that point she's she, you know she's had her kind of youthful transgressions she turned her first lover into like a man ish I, <laughs> <laughs> I just agree though surely she's she really comes into her own the first time she's called to uh, her sister Pasiphae I suppose so, but I guess I just don't, I mean, not that those moments aren't significant in her life, but in terms of the actual meat of the book, that's, those are just passing chapters, whereas a huge chunk of the story is focused on when Odysseus arrives 
and then when he leaves and kind of what happens to her after mm. because he leaves and then she's pregnant yes that that is probably the event that sets in motion the kind of real climax of the book yeah and so much of you know her emotional journey Happens. and the stakes suddenly become very high yeah. I think that's what it is after Odysseus enters her life what I found interesting though is because I was as I imagine most readers were really anticipating Odysseus's entrance into the book and it doesn't come till halfway so there's actually a lot of story that she mm. creates prior to Odysseus really purposefully I think to, to show that she isn't a side dish of of this character so she has a and whole yeah. history prior to she's Odysseus. Been, she's been kicking it for hundreds of mm. years before Odysseus. And it's all about setting up this idea that she's kind of doomed to live forever. And these mortals who she crosses paths with are just sort of passing in and out, you know. Incredibly quickly for her. In a way mm. that's very painful. And that's actually the sort of crux of the book, ultimately, I think. She makes a big thing at the beginning of Cersei's voice being like an owl scratching or like really, really yeah. weak and yeah. hard to listen to. And then the girls, all, the girls all hate talking to her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this reedy voice and they can't stand it. So and then the palace, they're like, oh, shut up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a valley girl in the background yeah. being like, guys. Um, but it turns out that the reason her voice is so so unpalatable for them yeah, because it's because it sounds mortal she sounds like a human yeah oh my god i'd forgotten about which that. is kind of like her superpower in the end because that's how mm. she that's actually the real reason that she's like allowed to forge all these connections with humans is because they're not frightened of her no she doesn't seem quite as otherworldly as yeah. some of the other gods who kind of flit in and out of mortal lives mm. well then this probably brings us to a good section like what were your favourite parts of the book? I really love... Just loved like pages one to 300. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just that. It's a great moment Everything for me. in between. <laughs> I mean, I, I did super love when she turns her first boyfriend into a sea creature. Yeah. I mean, well, we've all been there. Yeah. So. Oh, but you get a lot of satisfaction when she turns Scylla into Scylla. Yes. That, that was a big plot it's, too. Yeah, Scylla the, the really monster is much Scylla. more of the, yeah. the sea Scylla, creature. S-C-Y-L-L-A. <laughs> Yeah. So so in the original myth, Scylla is this sea monster and Charybdis is this whirlpool and uh, Madeline Miller has this really bitchy nymph <laughs> at the beginning of the book. They all seem bitchy. I'll be honest. So bitchy. She had it They're like the cheerleaders or something. And Cersei turns Scylla into the Scylla, which is really Accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. accidentally. So it's actually... Well, accidentally on purpose. Yeah, but it's actually a big source of shame for her because yeah. she... What she turns Scylla into isn't what she meant to turn her in. I think she, she's just meant to make her ugly. Why I really think this works so well as a feminist retelling. Two interactions stand out in my mind. Um, one is with her sister Pasiphae when she goes over and Pasiphae gives birth to the Minotaur. So it's this another weaving in of, of a legend. Pasiphae's been an absolute bitch to her her whole life is so awful and you really don't like her when you're reading it and then right at the end of their encounter when Cersei's leaving to go back to her island she realizes that Pasiphae hates her family 
hates her life and she's like, I'm just a tool that has been used by our brothers, by our fathers, by our grandfathers. Yeah, we kind of understand why Pasiphae is the way she is because she's had a shitty life and she's had to kind of fight for herself. She creates the Minotaur almost out of spite. She wants to be remembered forever and prove herself. So I thought that was fascinating. And then the other section that I thought was so interesting was when Cersei meets Medea, who is her brother's... Oh, Medea's great. Yeah, yeah. she's oh, great. Yeah. Uh, meets that, her- and that whole <coughs> bit is great when her brother shows up as well after the Yeah, fire. but there's that again where Medea disabuses Cersei of, these, of her naive impressions. So Pasiphae disabuses her of her father's treatment... Mm-hmm of them as a family and as daughters. And then Medea disabuses Cersei of her her brother being this good man or good god, I guess. And she says, you don't even know what he's like. He kills and tortures all sorts of people. And yeah, he's Cersei's sort of, sort of like, like a power-hungry <laughs> megalomaniac, yeah. wizard guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I thought those parts were really fascinating and really gave a voice and, and motivation and dimension to these women within Greek mythology. What did you guys think of the love story or, or the boys as I've come to think of them? Because the she boys. has a few love affairs in this. Okay. So her first There's boyfriend. Duds, yeah. You know. First boyfriend. <laughs> we've all been through it. Total dud. <laughs> loser. Yeah. He's a loser. Classic he uses her loser. to become a demigod. <laughs> Cast her aside for a hotter model. Mm, oh. Which is fitting because he's a fisherman. <laughs> yes. Mm. Mm. So loser. And then... <laughs> Her second tryst is Hermes. Hermes, Hermes yeah. Is Hermes her number is two. The Hermes hot guy. Is hot. I mean, he's hot, he's but hot. you know, he's 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 that guy. He's the classic like F boy. rebound. He's the mm. rebound. You know, a rebound that lasts like several millennia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those two are like friends with benefits. Yeah, but she wakes up and she's like, I see why I went there. He is. <laughs> Good looking. He's hot. Yeah. She handles it well. She doesn't let herself get invested. It's true. Because she she always has an understanding that he's an idiot. She's kind of also using He's him. a pot stirrer, isn't he? Oh, um, yeah. He's, he's a real pot <laughs> stirrer. He just turns up to like, hey, have you heard the news? Oh, my God. <laughs> he so does. <laughs> yeah. He's a gossip. He is. All right. So we've got, we've got the deadbeat stoner boyfriend yeah. that she helps out. And then he he dumps her. Yeah. So that's number one. Two is friends with benefits. Yep. Three is... Daedalus. Daedalus. Yes. Sensitive poet. Nice guy. Nice guy, Daedalus. (laughs) Nice nice guy. (laughs) She'd like to commit. He's already got a kid. You know, it's a lot to take on. They're both in pain and they spend a Mm. a sort of lovely night together. And then he gives her a loom. (laughs) Oh, the old loom. (laughs) Last night was great. Here's your your loom. (laughs) Loom. You know, just... (laughs) If I had a pound for every time some guy's just left to loom at my bedside. <laughs> just loom your feelings away. <laughs> just, he's like, classic loom brush off. <laughs> he's like, I have to go, but uh, keep this to remember me. <laughs> She's just at home in her cottage. <laughs> yeah. Looming away. <laughs> Distance not, is an yeah. issue. So long distance boyfriend doesn't work out. Yeah. He's not it's a bad a, guy. It's, it's, a, like, it's a one-off. It's a yeah. one-off. It's kind of yeah. like they meet at a conference and they really connect. But <laughs> yeah, you know, they're both flying home to their family. You know, yeah. when you go to a conference to help your sister deliver a minotaur and, you know, yeah. the I mean, loom guy's there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, comes, you know, the big guns. The big guns. <laughs> Odysseus. Mm-hmm. OMG, Odysseus. <laughs> Do you think Odysseus is like hot? Did you like him? 
I mean, I did at first, but that's what she does really well is she sort of does make you see that he's, you know, he's he's the boyfriend that you commit to for a couple of years and then realise actually he's kind of a psycho. The funny thing about this story is how you read it is changes depending on how familiar you are with mm. the, like Homer's The Odyssey. Yeah. Mm. Because if you sort of know that story, you know where it's going. Like, you know that Odysseus is not there to stay. Yeah. But it's funny, if you're not aware of that, there are moments where it's like, because he, he stays with her for a year. And they, they're kind of like, they have a really nice time. Like, they're really settled. And she's like, oh, maybe he could just stay forever. Yeah, he obviously cares for her and respects her. Mm. But, you know, it, it was it was interesting seeing it through this lens because Odysseus was one of my favourite stories as a kid. And then mm. I'm reading it and I'm like, wait a minute. So, first off, he's always this, you know, oh, this husband that goes back to his wife. Meanwhile, he shacks up with Cersei for <laughs> yeah. a year. He's with Calypso for like eight years. Yeah, that's the funny thing is like, you know, Cersei's in, I mean, obviously in this book, Cersei is, she's his mistress number one. Yeah. But actually, it's Calypso who's. Yeah, she's just the appetizer yeah. for his cheating. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, he stays with Cersei for a year and he's like, you know what? I just, I should definitely get back. Yeah. And he's like, packs up the boat, off he goes. And then he just lands with Calypso. And then he's like, you know what? Seven years. <laughs> oh no, I'm going to have to stay here. Yeah. Oh. It's another like, beautiful it's, wish. It's just, the weather's great here. It's like he's texting his wife being like, I swear, just from staying up for one more pint then I'm coming home <laughs> promise I mean while Penelope's back home like, oh my god one more island yeah. with a witch on it I promise <laughs> just one last witch <laughs> then I'll be faithful forever okay then obviously we've got and we really debated how to pronounce his name Tele- Telegonus is an is an love interest that's the love child she's a love child yeah mm. so she's pregnant she know she knows he's she's pregnant before he leaves. Actually. Yes, she, she, does. doesn't, she doesn't tell him. him. She was never really planning to make him stay. She's like, all right, you no. gotta go. She now. always knew it was it had a expiry date. Just a one year thing. Just yeah. a, a one year stand. <laughs> and that, I think that is actually the most significant thing about her relationship with Odysseus is what he gives her is you know it's not actually love. It's something she wants even more company yeah which is like a child oh oh yeah Invisible. company <laughs> company also, oh also physically and literally well, a sorry baby. For your well, future co- child com- you're, you're company too me. like she doesn't want to be she's very lonely that's that's the thing that is a is a theme that keeps coming back even though she has freedom on aaa she's really lonely so when odysseus comes he alleviates that when that's why she suffers hermes for so long that's why she has that connection with daedalus she's lonely so when odysseus gives her child she's suddenly like well i'm not going to be lonely anymore which Mm. is another really moving part of the book but then okay we've got to talk about our last little snack um (laughs) telemachus he's not a snack he is the main meal oh he is he is he is the main meal you're right oh my god i love him so (laughs) (laughs) he is definitely hot i mean that's all i'm saying straight out the gate tortured yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't actually say that anywhere through the book, does she? she, she, she it's it's heavily, between the lines. It's heavily implied. I mean, he, he does a lot of like silent brooding. Mm. And, yeah. and he does a lot of whittling, no? <laughs> Isn't he, he constantly whittling and, there, and there's a lot of him like sort of like giving her intense looks yeah. in the cottage. But, sorry, I don't think we've said we're talking about Telemachus, yeah. who is Odysseus's son with Penelope, who is oh, the yes. wife that he is going home to. Yeah. Yes. So... Odysseus goes off. She has Telegonus and he grows into a teenager and he's been on the island his whole life and he's desperate 
to leave. Yeah. And he's desperate to know about his father and to have adventures and do whatever. And she finally lets him go off in search of Odysseus. But isn't that what's so good too about the book? Because again, it's this legend and she's tapping into something that many women will feel when their children leave them. That's sort of bereft and 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 quite literally she's going to be bereft because she's there by herself. He goes off in search of Odysseus. So he lands in Ithaca and he does actually find Odysseus, but through, you know, just a terrible misunderstanding, we'll call it. (laughs) He ends up just actually killing him. Death happens. We can't remember how. It just does. (laughs) No, things are pretty hostile on Ithaca and Penelope and Telemachus want to get out of there and Telegonus has to get out of there. And so they go home and he's like, my come meet my mom. She can protect you. And so Cersei has sort of braced herself for her son to be gone forever possibly forever mm. and then it was like two weeks later he turns back up and she's like what the hell it's like mom don't, don't be out. <laughs> don't get mad <laughs> but i've brought penelope your love rival and her son who is sworn to kill you <laughs> <laughs> so so despite the fact that they're like all on aea it turns into like a bit of a holiday mm. Cersei's thrilled. She's got her son back. Penelope's like, oh, what's this witchcraft stuff? After sort of an initial misunderstanding between Telemachus and Cersei, they start to, you know, get on some friendlier terms, let's say. Much friendlier. Mm. But it it does, it does, it becomes a really, really sweet, sweet story, I think. They're a good match. Yeah. And and you really feel she's finally going to get a piece of something that's really truly hers well and he's the first person that she's ever ever come across that doesn't want to leave her yeah yeah oh okay so it's time for our casting call i'm ready i'm ready before we get started i think we just need to lay down a few rules so our casting rules are as follow the same every time but the actors must be living and they (laughs) must be sort of contemporary so you can't for example say john travolta in greece would be perfect for this role <laughs> he wouldn't so that's fine <laughs> you've got that, it you know it. <laughs> great example if you're if you're casting john travolta it's the john travolta of the here and now yes and, hair plugs and all and they must be Hello, they must be actors they yes. must actually be actors how old is Cersei? because i think we're gonna disagree over this <laughs> i started off quite young because I think in my in my head you know she's a nymph and she's an immortal and it makes sense that she would have that sort of really useful beauty about her but I think actually around 30 early 30s is the perfect age for her I put her between 30 and 40 because I ended up using Telemachus as kind of my anchor yeah and he's like and he's meant to be about 30 yeah he's between like 30 and 40 for me I immediately always thought it would be an actress in her 40s. I, I just, I don't know why, but I think the performance and what a slightly older woman would bring to it, I think would be much nicer and more nuanced. I like the idea of an older Cersei. Yeah, I don't, I you don't could definitely. That. And I mean, let's also face it, like any kind of Hollywood actress between the ages of like 20 and 60 all look <laughs> basically about 31 anyway. So yeah. <laughs> 31 forever. <laughs> we don't need to get too, too hung up on this. Yeah. Okay, so Roxanne, who who's your pick for Cersei then? Who's like um, who's on your short list? I feel like kind of an obvious one, but Charlize Theron. Oh, okay. Oh. I think she she's she's really beautiful, but she also has a really lovely voice, and she's an amazing actress. And I think she could bring that. No, know, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. That's a no for me. She's more like a pacifier to me. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And also, I don't think I can Cersei- see that, actually. I can see that. Uh, anyway, she, so then my second choice was Tandy Newton. Mm, interesting. I have her on my shortlist for Penelope. Ooh, yeah, I was thinking of her. Again, I think maybe too beautiful. I think all my all my all this are too beautiful <laughs> then I think um my first choice and I honestly I cannot see past this I almost don't know why I bothered with the other two but um I think she would be absolutely wonderful in this role is Indira Varma so she was in quite recently she was in Game of Thrones as the lover of um I'm just gonna say no right off the top <laughs> she's able to I don't know if you saw Rome but um, when she played Niobe in Rome she has this really amazing ability to be both naive um, and then when you see her in Game of Thrones really tough uh, and I just I think she has the right energy for it I think she's the right age I think she's got the right look Um, I do love her and I can see her being in this I just feel like she's too I can't see her playing the kind of younger greener more naive Cersei I think she's naive at the beginning but she grows into herself and more of the book is her growing into herself than just being naive you know so I mean, Indira Varma is my top choice I'm personally. not I'm not blown away by that selection all right <laughs> flow I started off, like I said, I started off younger and I started off with like Saoirse Ronan and Florence Pugh and then I was like... I had a feeling mm, you were going to do really Florence good, Pugh. But probably a little bit too young. Too young. Yeah, I don't like, like So then I kind of went a little bit older. Ruth Nager. I just feel like she's sort of right for it because she's got a slightly kind of... Older look? No, no. But she's got a kind of sort of gothiness to her almost. You know, there's a kind of slightly quietly intense slightly solemn edge to her that I think would work really nicely you know like yeah actually I don't I don't mind that I I okay who else do you have um Claire Foy I don't oh. like that no <laughs> <laughs> I mean I love Claire Foy but I just I, All I, wrong. I know I, I feel like I know how you got there too because she's got those big brown eyes and she'd play that no name. it's it's more just that she's such a good actress that I oh. thought she can do anything because <laughs> she, she's got the range <laughs> she could actually play Odysseus and I'd be like yeah it's yeah. great <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, it. it's it's working uh, mm. uh, I, do you know I don't really like that suggestion um Rebecca Hall as well. I don't <gasps> like that. I love Rebecca Hall. Mm. I like Rebecca Hall, but I, I don't know if no, she. I, I don't know if she has quite the look. But again, I think she has that same sort of energy as Ruth Nager, which is like a little bit kind of somber and slightly haunted, and kind of you know she's got those sort of expressive eyes and a sort of. I don't know. I just uh, no. I don't like that one. <laughs> I mean, again, I like I like Rebecca Hall, but yeah, that's. No. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So Ruth Nager, at least, got, she got through. Yeah, she you got know, through she, to she, the she next level. Around. Yeah. She's she's on the short list. I'd okay, say. Okay. Okay. I'll, right. I'll say that. Okay. Your turn. Um. Okay. Elizabeth Moss was on my list. <sighs> Ooh. I just. I she's just in list. everything. She's just in everything. Is she? Uh, I mean, yeah, she's in like. I don't know. She's been in like two TV shows. I just, I mean, I like. I think to say she's in everything is like a she's huge she's last week's Amelia Clark to me. Whoa. That's that's where I'm going to say it's just I'm not like, entirely sure what you mean by that. I'm but I'm offended. Just sort of just <laughs> feels sort of, like that feels like a diss to both actresses. <laughs> no, I just mean she almost seems too obvious to me. I don't know. I think she's a bit of a Claire Foy for me, and that she's so good that I think she could easily do this. I don't think she's totally right for the part, but I do think she would do a good job. Haley Atwell. <gasps> I love. Oh, her. I love Haley Atwell too. That's the, but but you you guys were pulling me up because the picks I had were too beautiful. And yeah, Hayley I don't Atwell's necessarily very... think she's right, but I, I do love her. 
I, I think Haley Atwell is great because she can do all the aspects of Cersei's personality. Like she can play that quite vulnerable, quite naive. I just But then don't. she can also show some real grit. In the, something in the kind of later bits of the book i guess let's move on we're stumped basically yeah, we're, we're stumped. but I, th- I, think, I think i won that round there. yeah I think, I think you may have you definitely got closest to winning it all right well on to the boys because oh, clearly we're not on to the gotta, get, we're gonna dig into these okay. lads let's uh, you know lads, what let's lads. let's keep the stakes low telegonus <laughs> who's who's playing cersei's son uh, well because indira Varma was my top choice i although i think he's too old for it to be honest but Rizamed, I thought he would make if he Way was a bit too old. Yeah, he's okay. he's old. He's like forty. He's old. Like, is he forty? My, my choice is like maybe half the age of your choice, and I was still like, oh, not sure about this. Too old. He just has those like big baby eyes. Do you know what I mean? And I thought yeah. that would be nice. That sort of wanting to to escape. Um, I think he could. I think he could bring a lot of heart to that role. So. Uh. I found this one hard. Me I didn't, too. I didn't really <laughs> think of any. There's this young. British actor, though I think he's born in America and he works in America. He's in the Sabrina show. <gasps> which, and wait, which he's one? called Chance Perdomo. He could be good, but I didn't think about this. I thought you were going to say um, Sabrina's cousin. Ambrose Spellman, yeah. Is that him? Yeah. Yeah. Is that who are we talking about the same guy? Yeah. Oh, I, I consider him. I really oh, like did him. You? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's, I really yeah. like he's him. a really good choice. He's, he's a really good choice. He would do the real kind of like wounded yeah. really well. And he's really cute and he looks quite young and... Mine was Noah Centineo. Too American, I think, honestly. Because Telegonus is supposed to be like quite tall and wiry. Like this like... I mean, I him around the island just like kind of cute and vulnerable. Yeah, Yeah. desperate to get out there. I really do love Noah Centineo, but I kind of think he might be a bit too American. Can he do it? I thought he was maybe a bit too old. Let's, 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 Let's go for Odysseus. This, this, I think, is going to cause a ruckus. I feel very confident about my choice. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I do not feel confident because the last time I brought this man's name up, oh I God. got... Oh, God. Oh, here we go. <laughs> God's sakes. Just do it. Just, just rip the band Michael Fassman. No. <laughs> no. Why? Oh, no, actually, I like that. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. No. I, I don't. think that's a good suggestion, yeah, Roxanne. Thank you. Well thank done. you. <laughs> I mean, finally, you're getting something right. All right. <laughs> All right. Calm down, girls. Is it my turn? Yeah, yeah, it's your turn. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Oh my God. I have him for something else, but I do, I mean, I do, lo- I actually had him as Daedalus. I did oh. as well. And then I thought he's so good he that I want him great. to be uh, Yeah, he, it's like he needs to be the star. He I also had right? him, I had him down as Hermes. I was like, <laughs> I had him <laughs> down you, for like five If things. you put him in as like Daedalus, he would just steal the, steal the whole <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah. He'd just run right away with it. And we'd yeah. be, exactly. be, the rest of us would be screwed. So yeah. I, I love him, but. I don't think, don't think he. Ha- I, I mean, he does have the edge though. Too, he could do anything. Oh, he can do anything. But and he's I, the right age. I think he's too young. I was just no, gonna say, I don't, he's, he's too he's young like for in me. his forties. I'm picturing him older. Mm, interesting. I. I mean, I think it's the perfect choice. I think Michael Fassbender slightly edges him out in this particular role, only because I, in my mind, he was dataless. But how old is Michael Fassbender? Like in his forties, late forties. He's like similar age to Chiwetel, I think. Yeah. But if he had Chiwetel, then you could have, what's his name? Chance Padomo as... Yeah, those two work together, father and son. My pick was Eric Banner. <gasps> I love Eric Yeah, Banner. I love Eric Banner too. What's he up to these days? I don't know. I can't I'll call him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, but again, I, can't, I, I love Eric Banner. I definitely think he could do the role. But I, I think there needs to be s- something that you just don't trust. 
Er- and Eric Banner's too trustworthy. No, I don't think so. Mm. I think he's he can play a pretty two faced baddie. I think Eric Banner is also the right age. Like Odysseus is about fifty. And so is Eric Banner. I, I still think like that's my a good pick. Choice. I think this has been a very strong round. This has been a really strong round. The first time that we've all said things that make sense. I would bring all of them into an oh, audition. Yeah. I'd oh, bring yeah. them all in, in, in multiple a hot minute. times. <laughs> <laughs> Just to look at them. Um okay. Well then okay, so our Telemachus has to sort of match your Odysseus pick. Mm-hmm. Sure. So mine was Michael Fassbender as Odysseus and Richard Madden <gasps> as Yes, t- I had him on my list. Oh, what? Yeah. yeah. Guys. Come on, telemachus. Redheads. Yeah. 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 Is Richard Madden a redhead? Yeah. Yeah. What naturally? Yeah. Yeah. He dyes his hair brown. No, no. He just has very dark red hair. It's like Auburn. Am I thinking of the right person? Yeah. The prince and Cinderella? Cinderella. They dye his hair naturally. I think so. Like I'm picturing him as like I mean if a you see him brunette. if you've seen him in Game of Thrones, he looks very red headed. Well, I haven't, I didn't watch that show. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Michael Fassbender and Richard Madden would yeah, be that my works. Picks. That okay. does work. Okay, I won't lie. I'm going to be honest. I didn't take like look alike that seriously. I mean, mm. that, I'm not, that is like, kind like, of your job of casting, though. I mean, <laughs> I'm finding the essence of the. <laughs> okay, Flo, who's your choice? I don't know because I couldn't think of someone who would be good for playing Ch- Chiwetel's son. So I kind of just got sidetracked on that, but. <laughs> Adam Taylor Johnson. <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, I think that we should instate a rule where is it, that's, really that's a real blind casting that. That is not blind casting. <laughs> if you've put him forward for another major character on a previous podcast episode, he can't be used again. Oh, no. That's too hard. It'd be great. That's, well, that's really hard. But I suppose if... Yeah, you'd have to take it more seriously. If it's one of our finalists in a previous podcast, maybe that should be the rule. Yeah. yeah. So Aaron Taylor okay. Johnson's out. But I think it'd be good. <laughs> I, I yeah. I do not. I didn't. I have to say, I didn't really care about casting Odysseus that much. In my head, Eric Bannon was perfect. I was like, oh yeah, that's good. That's done. <laughs> I was all about Telemachus. I thought about this for a long time, and I found I believe the perfect man. <laughs> and you were so confident. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even make a short list beyond him. Like, did it just come to you in a dream? No, but it did just come to me, and I was like, oh yes, <laughs> Oscar Isaac. He's no, way no, too old. No, he's, great. he's way too old. <laughs> Don't he's say no. He's, he's great. He's I didn't great. say he wasn't great. He's, he's I mean, he he's is like, great. He's who I see. But he is completely wrong. He's better for Odysseus. I think he'd make a good Daedalus too. Oh, yeah. If you were casting somebody like that, it's like I was thinking of Hayley Atwell for Cersei. They're, they look age But this is it. I was thinking of it in terms of the <sighs> ecosystem of the film. Just drop my pen. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> Um, I, you know, and I do think that <laughs> I'm going to bring up Indira Varma again, but Indira Varma with Michael Fassbender and then ending up with Richard Madden, that's television I want to see. That's all I'm saying. Mm. So we've but agreed on nothing. We've agreed on nothing. <laughs> maybe Odysseus. <laughs> and we haven't agreed. We've just liked each let's, other's choices. Okay, for fun, let's just do Athena. Let's just blow off some steam Athena choices. Yes. So was the very obvious choice Lena Headey? No. Oh. No. Is that yours? Is that your obvious Well, I, I, it was either Lena Headey or Charlize Theron for me. Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, I see. Mine yeah. was Gwyneth Paltrow. She was so good. basically is like the goop of the gods. That She's like, oh my god! That no. is so beautiful, it is so power wrong. hungry. You have misunderstood <laughs> that character. You did read the book, right? Like, I think 
I honestly think it could work. Uh, I'm telling you, Gwyneth Paltrow would be a hilarious Athena. Gwendolyn Christie is better That's, than those suggestions, though. What do you mean? She'd be a hilarious Athena when Athena does and comes and does her stand-up in the middle of the book. What do you <laughs> but mean? But it's just like, just can't you... Th- <laughs> Come on, Athena is such a brat. Like, she's like, oh, Odysseus, I'll make you famous. Yeah, and but like, she's, like, and formidable. She, she's, like, terrifying. Um, have Do you know how much goop is worth? <laughs> <laughs> True, that is terrifying, yeah. but and in then, a different way. And like, think of Athena like descending on the island and be like, "I'm going to curse your baby." <laughs> what? Well, like she's because she could be slightly bitchy. <laughs> I don't see that. I don't see Gwyneth Paltrow as being bitchy at all. Yeah, but I, she's not. She's yeah, you she are ca- you are casting the real housewives of Olympus <laughs> right now. So this was an unmitigated disaster. Um, <laughs> Someone p- just put us out of our misery. Write in and tell us. Yeah, play. Uh, just any of these characters yeah but who are our finalists for Cersei then I think Indira Varma okay so we had <laughs> we, we, we'll each get one yeah, Indira yeah. Varma Ruth Nager yeah. and Elizabeth Moss Elizabeth Moss yeah okay okay They're, actually Elizabeth I guess I'm warming to Elizabeth Moss but I do prefer Ruth Nager okay. you know what I'm willing to negotiate you can have your Cersei pick if I can push through some of my picks on the other characters i'm vetoing gwyneth paltrow and ryan seacrest right now <laughs> ryan seacrest was just a, a wee joke for you guys <laughs> i have i have one two three four five six choices for hermes i'm happy to read them all out to you oh please God, read them all out yeah okay. i also had well i told you jamie lannister and jude law i also had paul bettany yeah he's he's got good energy for it actually really good energy for that i also well, he could be prometheus Alexander Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Oh, oh, he'd be great. Yeah, he'd I be love great. him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's cast. You get- <laughs> <laughs> so we got Hermes. Yeah. Uh, then- if you give me Jennifer Jennifer Connelly as Penelope, I'll I'll call it a day. You you're you're really <laughs> taking an you're gonna take what is it? What's the phrase? I don't even know. <laughs> give an inch, take, take a mile. mile. I don't okay. know what I'm saying. Casting Jennifer Connolly as Penelope is not taking a mile. She would be. I can imagine her sort of role. mournfully stepping out of a boat with a kind of nice shawl over her head. <laughs> and and also like, <laughs> just think a little. Of, she she becomes the witch of Aea. She'd be a great witch. Yeah, because she, unlike Cersei, who's like punished into this life of solitude, like that's. Penelope actually really wants that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You suggested Oscar Isaac to play her son. I know. I said that. (laughs) I I said right off the top that they weren't all working together. Okay. Well, then I want Michael Fassbender and Richard Madden as a. Why don't we bump? Okay. I'm sorry. You can't. You you can't be. You know, shitting all over my choices when you're saying Richard Madden is Michael Fassbender's son. No, but Michael Fassbender, but we meet Odysseus when he's much younger. Yeah. So when she meets Odysseus, Telemachus would be like a kid. Yeah. (laughs) Your silence speaks volumes, Rachel. (laughs) She she is begrudgingly agreeing with us. No, I'm not not agreeing with you. I'm actually disagreeing with you, but I just don't know what to say anymore. All right, okay. Give up. Michael Fassbender for Odysseus, then... Eric Banner. Chiwetel at least has to be Daedalus. Daedalus and then Ruth Nager for... Ruth uh, Nager for Cersei. Yeah. I, I would I would, I would, would agree to that. Should, should we shake on it? Five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> we shall let the people decide. Actually, we won't let the people decide. HBO will decide because it's currently... Oh. Cersei is currently in... 
I think it's been pre-production. It's who, coming. It's I it's going to be I an eight-part series who's, on who's, HBO Max. Who's who's adapting it? Um, I can tell. I'm you quite that. excited that it's HBO. Yeah, I think they'll probably do a good job. It's Amanda Silver and Rick Jaffa. Okay, they did Jurassic World, mm-hmm. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, this is a kind of departure for them then. And Disney's live-action Mulan. <gasps> Ooh, I can't Ooh. wait to see that either. I think. HBO will probably do a good job with this. I think so too. Because, you know, they did a good job of casting Game of Thrones and... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well. Let us know what you think on Twitter. Our amateur casting was a disaster. How about let us know which of us is the most wrong? Yes. (laughs) Rachel. Mm. I know I'm the most right, but... (laughs) 